Are you ready to start being visible? Well, you have come to the right place. Welcome to the Start Being Visible podcast. My name is Mildred Talabi. I've spent most of my working life mastering the art of personal branding in my career as a former journalist and communications professional and in my business, which has taken on various forms over the years. I now spend my time championing and coaching women to increase their influence, income and impact through being visible on platforms like LinkedIn and beyond. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing with you my insights into the journey to be invisible, as well as bringing you amazing, candid conversations with female leaders who have chosen to step out of the shadows and into the limelight in their work lives. Now, I want you to hit the subscribe button and get ready to start your own journey to be invisible with today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Start Being Invisible, which is a client spotlight episode. Now, the client spotlight is where I get to introduce you to one of my fabulous LinkedIn visibility coaching clients so you can learn from their journey and experience to be invisible on LinkedIn and beyond. So my guest today is the very fabulous Andrea Pula. Now, Andrea has an extensive background in the jewelry industry. Prior to managing several departments for one of the largest retail jewelry companies in the world, Hill & Co., she designed and crafted her own fine jewelry line and ran a sole proprietorship. At Hill & Co., Andrea has advised some of the largest manufacturers, retailers, and designers on growing their businesses, leveraging their expertise to understand their needs and their goals. Now, Andrea develops overarching strategies and manages their accomplishment in every area of clients' businesses. Andrea has profiled and interviewed many key industry individuals for their YouTube channel, as well as presented tools at industry trade shows and has been interviewed and published herself on multiple jewelry industry platforms. She is committed to giving back to the community and to the jewelry industry and is the Vice President of the Mentorship Committee for the Women's Jury Association and volunteers of Pure Earth and is the resident volunteer jury appraiser for a hospice store. Andrea, you are one busy lady. <laughs> I am very busy. Thank you for having me, Mildred. <laughs> oh, that is so, so, so good. So, so just to, I, I love that, by there's so much that you've done. And, you know, from there, it's very obvious that jewelry is your passion and something that you started from the beginning. So where did that interest come from for you, that whole jewelry interest? Well, I've been making jewelry since I was 12 years old. So um, my mom bought me a jewelry making kit one Christmas and I started to make the jewelry and she told me, um, do you want to put it out into her art gallery to see if anything sold? So instinctively, I just knew, um, well, I need a brand name. I need to make some little cards. I need to sign it as if it were a piece of artwork. And so I, I created all of that. I put some of my pieces out into the gallery and they just started selling and here at 12 years old, I kind of gathered this following of, um, of people coming into, customers coming into the store and looking for what was the next new thing that I had been making. So I was uh, started making, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month um, as a 12-year-old running my own. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> wow. That was kind of the beginning that got me, you know, um, kind of hooked me for life. 
And then, of course, I continued through high school and college um, designing and making jewelry and um, and then started my own business like it, like you just said. And I did that for 15 years um, from the age of 22 um, and traveled all over the United States doing shows, wholesale shows, retail shows, trunk shows, um, over 500 shows uh, in the 15 years that uh, I had my own business. And then um, at the end of my career of, of running my own company, I also had a store in Brooklyn. So I did that for four years and then ended up moving on to uh, working in the corporate jewelry world for a really large uh, retailer and um, kind of grew with them where our business uh, grew over 400% in the first three years and then continued to grow exponentially. And so I managed multiple departments and um um, did that for quite a few years, over seven years, and then landed at Hill & Co. Um, a couple years ago. So now what I do is I take a little bit of all of my expertise and all the areas of my career over the last 25 years and put them to work um, helping build business strategies and um, then implementing it and doing the work along with our clients. And so that could be in any part of any jewelry, gemstone, or diamond industry business and we do everything from branding to marketing to digital transformation, operations and HR review, uh, financial review, um, and the list goes on and on and on. So um, everything that you can think of that you might need for any business in jewelry, gemstone, and diamonds, and how we're unique and different as consultants is everybody on the team has only ever worked in jewelry, gemstone, and diamonds. So we understand the intricacies of um, that industry. Mm. Wow, that is absolutely fascinating. So what it seemed like your business was doing quite well. So what made you pack it all in, so to speak, and go into, you know, corporate jewelry and working for somebody else? So um I actually had, had a young daughter at the time. Um, she was just a baby and I could not do the traveling lifestyle anymore. And so that's kind of what forced me into thinking, well, I want to stay in the jewelry industry. I just knew I needed to move into a different aspect of it. So I was looking something that was more corporate, Monday through Friday, um, you know, having my weekends free. And although, you know, I had loved what I had done um, in the jewelry industry, running my own company, I just realized at that point in my career, um, it was more my personal life that was pulling me in another direction. Okay, I, I totally understand the sacrifices we make for our children. <laughs> you know, all right. So I love it. So you you go in and you and you're now with Hill and Co. And at the time you reached out to me, which was I, I don't know maybe about a year or so ago. So where were you in terms of your work life, and where what role did you think being visible, particularly being visible on LinkedIn, needed to play for you at that point? So at the point that I had already been, you know, posting on LinkedIn um, and communicating with people and connecting with people, doing all the things that um, that you should be doing if you're on LinkedIn. But I was still kind of struggling with it at that point of um, just I think a lot of it was more about being confident with uh, putting yourself out there. I think that's a huge thing. Um, and so that's what I was really struggling with and just and also just coming up with a scheduled time for to actually create the post and do the post in and um and figure out what it was that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So and and I wanna I wanna get into to why you reached out, but 
Firstly, what is your definition of being visible? Because that's the word that I use and this show is called Start Being Visible because I'm all about encouraging women to, as I say, step out of the shadows and into the limelight. How do you describe visibility? So to me, I think at this point in my career, and uh, within LinkedIn, I'll say, um, it's interesting. I go to events and I speak to people and the first thing they say is, oh, I just love seeing what you're posting on LinkedIn and I can't wait to see what the next story is. And so I think that to me is what has, has, um, has made me realize how important it is to, to really be visible. And I think that's what being visible is, is when people start noticing and seeing the content that you're producing and putting out there. Mm. So, so at the time that we connected, did you feel that you were visible at that point? I was, I just knew that, um, you know, I was just looking for little tips here and there as to how to, how to push it further. Um, and what could I do to improve myself? So I'm always into taking classes of any kind of sort. Um, and also, you know, just trying to figure out, um, what's the new thing that might be able to help me, you know, in my personal life, in my, in my career life on LinkedIn, whatever that is, I'm always willing to learn something new. And so that's kind of the aspect where I was at at that point. Okay. So you were at a place that's like, okay, you, you were, you were doing stuff on LinkedIn, engaging, connecting, I guess kind of like DIY in it and without a specific strategy as such. And as somebody who's a personal development, you thought, okay, let me get some help with this so I can do it even better. Would that be correct? Yes, definitely. I mean, there were definitely a lot of tips and things that I hadn't thought of that you had brought up. Um, I also read your book and I thought the book was very telling and very helpful. So I think that really helped me. Um, and just just kind of reevaluating it from another perspective. I think it's always good and anything. To, it's almost like an audit. Take an audit of, of your profile page and, and see where you need improvement and having somebody else's perspective on it, um, I think really helped. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're in a kind of, um, it's not a unique position, but sometimes people think, oh, you know, I can't, I'm an, you're an employee, you work for a, a company, you know, you work for an organization, but how do you navigate the balance between being visible under your own brand and being visible under your company brand? Do you find that to be a conflict? How have you managed to navigate that in your journey to being visible on LinkedIn? So I think, you know, I'm out there representing the company. So my brand is the company brand and it's also about me. So it's really about my brand and, and what I do at Hill & Co. Um, what I share personally, um, you know, I think, you know, you're on LinkedIn. This isn't Instagram or Facebook. And to me, it needs to be a little bit more professional. Um, and uh, although I do share completely personal items and sometimes some really, really personal items. Uh, you know, I think the majority of the content is business related. And then I will always talk about some personal aspects of my life. But of course, the personal stuff, I think that depends on the person, what you feel most comfortable sharing and what you don't want to share. So, you know, I do have friends who who won't share anything personal on LinkedIn. And then I have other people who only share personal stuff on LinkedIn. Um, but for me, I think it's it's for me, it's a professional platform. And so that's really where I'm talking about uh, what I do at Hill & Co., uh, my processes with my clients, um, different projects potentially I'm working on, different events, industry events that I'm going to, um, or if I'm doing a talk somewhere that I'm, I'm talking about that beforehand while I'm doing it and afterhand on, on LinkedIn. 
Um, but then I do like to add in the personal because, you know, I'm very authentic and um, I like to to put myself out there and for people to understand who I am as a professional, but also um, in the personal world too. No, no, no. Can you give us some examples of the kind of personal content that you've, you've shared on LinkedIn? Sure. So I think, you know, I talk about my daughter a lot and I'm sure you've seen some of the posts that I talk about my daughter. So, you know, I'll do some posts on her. Sometimes I'll just do a post on, you know, it's my morning coffee. And so I'll have a picture of my coffee with my breakfast. Um, sometimes I've done some posts on on Halloween and I even linked it back to she had organized her Halloween candy by product type. And so I talked, I linked that back to, you know, making sure that, you know, um, you know, organizing or auditing your inventory as a jeweler, right, as a jewelry company. And so that those kind of similarities there. So there's also opportunity, I think, to take a personal post and wrap it into business somehow. Uh, not all the times, but sometimes. Um, or sometimes it's, you know, it's just uh, what I what I've cooked for dinner. So um, and I like to do a lot of posts when I travel as well. So the travel posts are really are really fun and unique too, in conjunction with, of course, um, the the business posts that I put out. Of course, of course. Uh, and in terms of your organization and how they receive your posts, what have, what have what has been the reaction? I mean, how have they said about the kind of posts that you do on LinkedIn? I mean, I think that um, you know, it's about me as a person and my personal brand and 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 the the stories that I want to get across or the ideas that I want to get across. So they're very supportive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, well, I'd, I'd love to do more personal LinkedIn, but my employer might not be quite as supportive, you know, as Andrea is, like, what advice would you give them in that capacity? So I would, I would say there's always a way to do a personal post where maybe it doesn't feel so personal. Like it could be a view of your desk. Like I said, it could be your morning breakfast sitting at your desk. It could be... Um, Anything related to something like that, I think, is a is a good a good place to start, right? Maybe it's just a view out of your window uh, where you're sitting at, at your desk, potentially, right? Um, so I think all of those are good places to start because it is still considered a personal post, but um, you're you're pulling in the background or the thing behind it is something work related. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the key is making it relevant. Yes, no, making it relevant. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so there are like um, I, I've found so in the space of doing this over the last few years or so, I find that there are quite a few um, obstacles that keep a lot of women from being visible on LinkedIn, and and they're all based around fear, you know. So there's the fear of judgment, there's the fear of you know appearing boastful, the fear of being um, appearing too salesy, even. All of that. There's all kinds of things. What would you say was the biggest thing you were afraid of, if anything at all, before you really started your journey to be invisible on LinkedIn? I would say I would say the thing that I was most afraid of or most scared of was just putting myself out there. Like once you get over that hurdle, it's very easy. Um, and just to know that you know the people that are interested in your type of post will read your post. If they're not interested, they're just going to move on. Mm-hmm. Of course. And what was so scary about putting yourself out there? What element of that was scary to you? Like, am I putting out the right content? Am I, you know, am I framing this the right way? Um, is it the right type of post? So all of those things, I think, you know, kind of come into play 
I think at a certain point, you just have to do it and then see what works for you and then continue doing more of what is working for you. Mm. And what is working for you right now on LinkedIn? So for me right now on LinkedIn, I think just the combination of the personal and professional posts. And um, I've started to do some videos, so I'm starting to do that, although I'm not as comfortable with the videos yet. Um, I always prefer a picture, but um, but I'm starting to get into that. So I would say that's where, you know, I'm just dipping my toes into it until I'm I'm really comfortable with it. And 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 talk to us about your your showing up schedule. Like so how often do you currently post on LinkedIn? How do you engage with people? What what's your LinkedIn habits that you're doing at the moment? So I would say I'm posting two to three times a week. So it's not an over amount um, of posting schedule to feel like you're it like it's bogging yourself down. So um but then showing up every day, commenting on other people's posts. Um, connecting with people, I think that is, you know, just as important as making the post, maybe even more important. Mm, absolutely. It's like you can't just do one and it's like posting and as I call it, post and ghost, you know, you can't yes, do that. Yes, yes <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. So what would you say has been the biggest or some of the biggest surprises that you've experienced on this journey to be invisible? Um, some of the biggest surprises. Um I guess sometimes it's it's surprising to see how many people are reacting to my posts. So sometimes I find that like, I'm like, wow, this one really, you know, took off. And sometimes you can't really try not to overanalyze why different posts, some posts don't take off or you don't have as many comments because it could be the time of day, it could be the day of the week. There's so many other factors that go into it. So I try not to analyze post by post. You know, you just put the content out there and, and um, you know, watch the KPIs and see if you're improving. Yeah, absolutely. I like to say that it's so important to detach your ego from your posts because you really cannot predict sometimes what posts are going to do well and what's not. And then if you're like, right, and it's always the one where you're like, this one's going to do so well. <laughs> you put it up there and it's like, freaking, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you've got to just uh, just put the verse out there and keep it moving, you know? So, and yeah. Okay, so what about, what are some of the personal benefits that you've experienced from being visible? Because on a, on a professional capacity, and I'll, I'll ask you about that in a minute, but on a personal level, what has it done for you to be putting yourself out there on LinkedIn like you have been over the last few years? I would say, I think, you know, people in general, then they get to know me in a way that they wouldn't necessarily get to know me. Um, and if I see them in person, they have some tidbits of of a little bit or a little glimpse of what my life is like. So I would say that I think is a huge benefit. Um, so I think that's that's the most important part. Yeah, it's how they feel that they know you, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what about at a professional level? What has been some of the benefits there for you? I mean, definitely the same the same answer for sure. But um, it's just you know you can you get to see a little bit of my brain and how my brain works in business um, with what I currently am doing um, with my job at Helen Company. So I think that's kind of the most important thing to see. You know, um, different things that I might talk about with business strategy or different different. Um, projects with a client, although all of that is confidential, but, you know, I can talk in generalities. 
um, when I'm traveling to to go to a trade show or to do a talk. Um, you know, all of those things are I think are really important things to be putting out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it sounds like having a variety of content that you put out on LinkedIn has been an asset to you as well. Is that correct? Yes, correct. I mean, I think that that's, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, that's like a LinkedIn 101, right? You can't just be putting out only one type of content. It has to be varied. Mm, I love that. Yeah, definitely. So different things resonate with different people. Okay. So, um, so lastly, so if you look back on where you were at the beginning of this journey to being visible and where you are now, what what has been um what would you say is the the one biggest thing that's your biggest takeaway from this whole process like that you may not have thought of at the beginning so what's the thing that you now know that you didn't know at the beginning i mean i guess at this point like you were talking about right now the most recent the the most the last couple of months i would say it's that people really think that they know me and i'll go to an event and people who already know me say oh you know, I can't wait to see what is the what's the next content or the next story or what are you going to talk about next. And then people who don't know me will come up to me and say, "I know you," and I'm looking at them like, "I don't know them." Literally, <laughs> <laughs> they know me from LinkedIn, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they think they know me, but we've never met in person. Yeah, and that's the power of a personal brand, right? Even though you're doing this under for your company as well as like you, because I I read your posts and I'm like. Andrew, that's some amazing poster, which is why I wanted to have you on the show for us to have this conversation. It's that whole thing of when you build a personal brand, people get to know you, like you, and trust you, you know? And it's kind of like the celebrity feel, which is why we all love our favorite celebrities. We watch like a few of their films or listen to their music. I would feel like we know them, you know? It's the, it's the same kind of thing that happens when you build a personal brand on LinkedIn. You build a connection with your audience that is, are actually really remarkable for the purpose of building your business or putting your career forward and all of that. So yeah, I think that's really powerful thing that happens on LinkedIn. So um, I guess the, 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 the final thing before, before I let you go is what is your number one piece of advice to share with somebody who is reluctant about being visible on LinkedIn? So I would say, I think my one piece, I don't know if there's one piece of advice, but I would say the one thing that I think is the most important is like, uh, just come up with a post and post it and don't get so bogged down in, in, in what that content is that you're posting. If you're just starting out, just create something and do it. And then you'll see if it's working for you. But just by sitting there and not doing it and say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow and, and to be frozen and to not post at all is definitely something I would not do, right? I would not recommend that. So I would say what I always say to people is every day of my life is like jumping out of an airplane. So you just got to jump out of that airplane and take that chance. So it's all about taking chances. And then you can tweak it along the way, but just don't overanalyze um, posting and in any aspect of whatever that means to you when you're starting out. Mm, I love it. I love it. And you have literally jumped out of an airplane, Andrea. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I enjoy it. <laughs> never me, never me. But hey, good for you. And I put it on LinkedIn. So there you go. <laughs> That's how I know about it. You yes. see, I know yes. all about you, Andrea. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. So how can we find out more about what you're doing and what you're up to at Hill & Co? 
well, you need to look at my posts on LinkedIn. <laughs> that would be my first thing I would say. But um, but yes, no, you can go to um, to my profile page. You can look me up there. You can send me a message. Um, and also the company's website is is you know on my on my profile as well. Okay, brilliant. That is awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Andrea. And you know, I, I love the journey. I love the evolution and what is possible for anybody who is watching this right now. And you're thinking. I want to start being visible. This is the push that I needed. Please feel free to reach out, get in touch with me. Go to startbeinginvisible.com to find out more forward slash coaching if you want to talk about coaching. And of course, if you want to connect with Andrea and see her wonderful post on LinkedIn, go and search her up. Andrea Fuda on LinkedIn. You will, will have all the links in the show notes. But that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you again next week. Thank you, Mildred. Okay, hold on a minute. Before we sign off this episode, I know I don't normally do this, but I feel like it's very important that we don't miss the point of this conversation with Andrea. Now, the reason I wanted to have Andrea on this client spotlight is because Andrea is a great example of what I call an employee influencer. Now, if you don't know what this means, I want you to stay tuned because in the next episode, I am going to go into what it means to be an employee influencer, how building your personal brand can actually help your corporate brand. And then for the managers, the HR people, the uh, the organizations that are listening, the organization leads, I'm going to share with you how you can encourage more of your employees to become employee influencers. Because here's the thing, LinkedIn is not just for business people. LinkedIn is not just for you if you have something personal to promote or for yourself. If you are an employee, you absolutely can build your personal brand on LinkedIn and you can do it in a way where it actually elevates your company brand as well. And I'm going to show you how to do that in the next episode of Start Being Visible. So don't miss out. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on this episode and make sure that you tune in same time next week for Start Being Visible solar episode where I'm going to go into how to become an employee influencer. All right, that's it for this show. Remember, if you've enjoyed, enjoyed this episode, please rate, please review, please subscribe and download, and I will see you on the next one. You've been listening to the Start Being Visible podcast with me, Mildred Talavi. If you're a female leader or a woman in business and you're ready to start your own journey to be invisible on LinkedIn and beyond, get in touch with me via LinkedIn or reach out to me through my website at startbeingvisible.com. Now, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your way out and I'll see you next week for another five episodes.